to the Peach and Black podcast for another show. Today we'll be reviewing uh, and going into as much detail as we possibly can the second album or second single album from the Lotus Flower Package and that is MPLS Sound. Welcoming to the show, first off, Toe Jam. Hello. Player. No doubt. And the infamous <laughs> Captain. Woo! All right, all right, everyone's here. I'm uh, ready to go back in the round table, the virtual round table setting. Going to be going into uh, everything MPLS sound related. Nine tracks, four different opinions on each one. Uh, let's just start off with, you know, it's we, we went through Lotus Flower. That was its own animal. And, and this is completely, uh, maybe not completely, but it's a separate, it's a separate animal. It's its own machine. Um, a return to former glories? I don't know. Let's have some summary, uh, some summary thoughts. What, what does everyone just, you know, what did you think of when you first heard it? What do you think of it now? Uh, kind of deal. Uh, player, what are your thoughts? Um, I didn't know what to expect from the package because Minneapolis sound sort of conjures up a bit of the older style sound for me and then the snippets I was hearing were more... MPG, MC type era tracks and I, I was trying to listen to the snippets as less as I could so I didn't get um, phased by it so much so I was just waiting for the whole project to come out and judge it by its merits but when we get to the end of the podcast I'll give you my overall thoughts Okay, okay uh, Captain, what, what did you think of when you first heard this and what, what are your thoughts now before we go into the Track by track. I just want to say, I still think the morning after is better than colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how much mail we have received <laughs> over that comment. Hasn't changed. <laughs> it's still better. Uh, this album, uh, it's out of the three, this is the second favorite. It, it could never be third because Brian's always going to be third. <laughs> but, but Lotus Flowers first, this is second. But it's it's such a different album to Lotus right. Flower anyway. We'll get into it. We'll get into, we'll get it. into it. Finishing off with uh, Toe Jam. Has your opinion changed of this? Um, we we sort of had a very brief discussion about all these albums, in, you know, uh, a little while back. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it has changed a bit. I was probably uh, well. I won't get into too much detail, but um, I'll just say I was really happy with this and Lotus Flower in terms of the way that he stuck to his vision of doing like a concept album uh, you know the, in the past like Rave's probably the biggest example of this where he's tried to put too much too many different styles onto one album uh, and I think I, I really like the way that he's gone about this pro, these two projects and said okay here's my acoustic rock album and here's my you know futuristic funk album and that's, that's what I'm really happy about in both of these releases 
All right, all right. Sounds like it's going to get heated once again, so I'll go straight into it. Uh, MPLS Sound, Minneapolis Sound, whatever, whichever way you call it. Um, nine tracks, slightly less than 50 minutes, very similar in length to Lotus Flower, but very, very different um, from a musical point of view. Let's open up with track one, which is Never Be, They'll Never Be. And in brackets, another like me. There'll never be another like me. I'll just go into this straight off the bat. And I just want to say that when this first came... Well, I'll start off... I'll start again. When the instrumental of this track first came out, um, I I thought it was a either a joke, Prince playing a practical <laughs> joke on everyone, or it was some, you know, Prince wannabe copycat artist who somehow registered the domain name, you know, www.mplsound and put this WAV or MP3 file on there because it just sounded whack. There it is. That's exactly, that's exactly how I'm putting it across. It just sounded ridiculous um, and not in a good way. It, it, basically, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It, you know, there was all this hype about these albums and about what was going to come before the Lotus Flower Project. And uh, and I was hoping that this was not going to be a part of it. I instantly disliked the instrumental. Then the vocal version of the of the track, i.e. The, the the I guess the normal version, came out, and that did little to impress me. I mean, the fact that the the, the, the fact that the vocals filled in, um, you know, all the blank spots and came in over the top of the instrumental was okay, but I, I was still disappointed in it. I just sounded. Uh, the, the best way to summarize this track from my point of view when I first heard it was um, music club era, bland, bland production, bland uh, singing, bland. It was just a bland song, bland track. Like the drummer. Now, my opinion has changed, but but not not you know it's not a complete 360 this is where i stand on this track now i think it's it's the perfect opener to this particular album so i'm not going to sing its praises and you know and, and tell you guys that this is the best song since forever <laughs> or anything like that but um yeah it's it, where can you start it's got the it's got the lindrum it's got all the classic prince type sounds done in a in a very kind of uh, mechanical way is the way it sounds to me. The, the only thing is that it becomes a jam. And that's why this song is passable. That's why this song fits great on this album. And that's why it opens it up well. It's funky. It is funky. It's tongue-in-cheek. Prince is talking himself up. He's talking about... I don't know what he's talking about. The lyrics are going on and all sorts of things. He's basically announcing that he's one of a kind and there's never going to be another like him. Check me out. This is how good I am. Um, but, you know, the electronic vocals are cool. I like what he's doing with, you know, he's obviously using uh, Pro Tools um, associated, uh, you know, all sorts of things with regards to the bouncy drum programming and the really snappy sounds, weird synth melodies and kind of nifty, funky keyboards, um, a whole lot of very subtle bass synth work and programming, guitar effects. Th- they take it overboard the average. So it's, it's, it's more than the average funk jam, but it's not a classic Prince track um, by any stretch. It pops all over the mix. Let me take it to Toe Jam. What do you think of this song? Well, I really have a very similar opinion. Um, 
I slammed this track uh, on the print forums. <laughs> Famously. Very famously. (laughs) An instrumental track came out, and I remember, I think it was like the next day or two, the vocal one came out, and I just felt like, oh, God, I was wrong. Damn it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there are some really cool things in this this track, and one thing I actually find is really cool, but you've got to hear it on headphones. There's this buzzing sound that sounds like, you know, when you've got a microphone and you just tap it like you you take the microphone out and you tap the wire kind of, you get this kind of sound. Listen yeah. for that. Listen out I've, for that. I've really that. deep in the background, and it, it's just cool. It's like you hear the beat, you know, doom, 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 and then whatever, <laughs> and it's just really cool. Like really subtle in the background. And it's really low as well. Um, so I like those those little things in the song. These little little surprises throughout. Um, I'm not really. I'm still not convinced with the auto tune. I don't think that was really necessary. Um, I think I said it worked for song for a song like Boom because it kind of had that futuristic vibe, whereas this one, I don't know, I'm not, still not really convinced with it. But um, there's some really nice juicy guitar in there too. This, you know, the don't, don't, don't throughout. Uh, and I also think it probably rambles on a little bit just towards the end, the last sort of 30 seconds minute. It probably just goes a minute too long in terms of, it, I don't know, it tries to do this little instrumental bit at the end, and I'm not really convinced by that either. But, um, yeah, all in all, it does snap and it does pop, and that's really cool. And I like the way that, you know, Prince is just tongue-in-cheek saying he's the best, which is what he always does, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, pre- it's, a, it's a pretty cool, funky track. Very different from when it first came out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Getting that point across. Well, Captain. You know, at the time, all we heard was a bit of limb drum, a bit of synth, and the synth line at the time was uh, that little synth line that runs through it. It's very similar to something out of Anastasia. So, um, yeah. It was yeah. almost like, I, I do believe that Prince was just out there trying to get people to say it was fake because it was so cliched. But <laughs> then when you actually hear the song and the context of the album, it kind of makes sense that it's cliched because it's him trying to do the Minneapolis sound again. Mm. I never noticed, before? but that line is straight out of Anastasia. I, yeah. never even, I didn't even connect it before, but I'm listening to it right now and it, it's exactly the same. Yeah, it took yeah. me a while to work it out and then I worked it out. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, play, it's, it must be, it's obviously played on a different piece of machinery or a different synth, uh, keyboard line but yeah, yeah. it's very similar just before we go into Captain well, one thing that uh, that I s- sort of forgot to mention and, and uh, Toe James prompting me um, w- what I really like about this is just all these little nooks and crannies within these songs are filled with, with really um, unexpected sounds and things that I can't even describe and that's what I found so, I mean even though Prince songs Prince music is generally very intricate uh, this is something that I'll come back to for, for this, this album specifically. There's a lot of electronica weirdness <laughs> happening in this song and all throughout the album, and I just wanted to, to to sort of put that out there because it's again, it's 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 just weird. A lot of the stuff that he's doing is weird. It's not conventional, but it's within the realms of pop. So straight to Captain. Um, there's a big woo at the start, which is like the start of new power generation. <laughs> So, so I like but that. Worse. <laughs> so I like that because I like that song. Uh, <laughs> a few of the tracks on this album, I think MC already said, it's similar to something like off the High album. Like it's very electronic and not a lot of soul in there. And that stuff eventually, you know, it ended up on Slaughterhouse and Chocolate Invasion. But it reminds me of a song that could have came straight off there. As in, you know, they're decent enough tracks, but they just don't stick in my head. This song doesn't stick in my head that much. But uh, it's got, just like just pretty much every song on this album, it's got good 
the Lynn drum programming. Mm. It's the whole album. But this thing, so this track's okay. I mean, the only thing that sticks in my head in this song is that keyboard line, which now I know it's from Anastasia. Now I know why it's sticking in my head, but nothing else does in this whole song. It's got some funky, like, Stevie Wonder keyboard, but it sort of sits in the background. You don't really hear it that much, but it's funky when you hear it. Mm. And he should have done a solo with the, with the keyboard thing. That would have been good instead of the other crap he did. Six minutes is overkill. Uh, three and a half minutes, I'm, I'm over this track. It's, uh, it's, it's way too long for, for what it is. And I think I said on the Lotus Flower review, I don't really listen to the lyrics that much, but I actually listen to the lyrics of this song, and it's, it's just hilarious. It's just him being the idiot that he is, and it's just funny stuff. He's putting olive oil in his hair. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, can it. get away with that really skippy chorus, like, uh, you know. Yeah. It's just really skippy, and, like, all these words going on, you know. Really don't matter who you get with, because it just ain't meant to be. Like, it's just... All in one it's, little chorus. It's, it's just yeah, it's, it's, it's sing-alongy. It's kind of movie star esque in the lyrical content, but kind of watered down, not as blatantly ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think so. Yeah. But it's yeah, like Pretty Man or something. It's the same sort of idea, I guess. I'm great. Look at me. Walk past the mirror, kiss it twice. <laughs> How good is that? Oh, wow, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Player, take the floor. Yeah, I love the title of the track. It's not at all hiding the modesty. Uh, Can it be justified? Well, yes, there will be never another like Prince, but the basic storyline of the song is Prince getting ready to go out to a party and meet a girl. Uh, This song demonstrates how high-maintenance Prince is. Um, Yeah, late (laughs) afternoon, he slips out of bed to get ready. And leaves his house by 10.30 p.m. That's about 10 times the amount of time it takes for me to get ready. So you got to get all that eyeliner on. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Music-wise, it has a nice, tight little groove to it. It's a hybrid of some classic old-school prints with some MPG, MC-flavoured mixed into one track. I love the way the guitar shreds in this track. It's pretty cool. Overall, I f- first thought that this track sounded or had like a plastic sound to it. Uh, I-, I think it might be the Pro Tools making everything perfect and correcting it. Um, but the more I listen to it, the more I'm starting to like it. All right, all right. So that, that was the opener. Um, let's go straight into track number two, Chocolate Box. She got a box or she want a box of chocolate all the time. Best line in the whole song. <laughs> okay, Captain, what do you think about this track? Where the drums? That's, that's, that's a good start to a song. Again, you got the good Lynn drum programming. It's such a good, good. recognizable Prince sound, and it belongs in a Prince song. But the, I, found, I find the verses are pretty forgettable, music and, and the lyrics as well. I don't really like the keyboards that are going during the verses. It's dark and minor, and it's like a few other things on this album that just doesn't, I don't like it. There are some cool keyboard lines in there too, in other parts. The, but, yeah, the last line of the chorus, she won a box of chocolate every day. This is the best thing in the whole song. <laughs> and then you got you got the bloody auto-tuner, but it's not too overused. It's not too bad. And I like the bridge with the, the Willy Wonka lines. They get stuck in my head all day. I, walk, I just walk around singing Willy Wonka or whatever the line is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's such an interesting vocal compared to the boring verses. That's why it sticks in my head. 
He went to Willy Wonka on a car. It's funny. I'm your Willy Wonka. Golden ticket is yours. Yeah, go on the golden ticket. Hey, Kissif is good on that rap. I tell you what, he's really good. It's so so short and sweet though. Yeah. Oh, and then you got Disco Jellyfish, which is pretty much the same thing. Mm. It's pretty much the second half of this song. It sort of picks up with that little guitar solo near the end of Chocolate Box, and that starts off Disco Jellyfish, and then it keeps going. There's another guitar solo. Someone, some of them people out there, they need to get those two and chuck them together and make a good. Yeah, there's extended, a few things extended, on extended but, version with all of it in there. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, cool. that's it. All right, Toe Jam. What do you think about the box of chocolates? I like the box of chocolates. Uh, I think this song's a bit of a grower. I didn't really. I was kind of fifty-fifty on it at first, but the more I, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Uh, the beat is very reminiscent of the When Doves Cry beat, the very famous Prince beat. Uh, I like the bit that Captain didn't like the that the bass line synth line that goes through the through the melody. Through the verse. Oh. You mean that down down da na na? Yeah, I don't like that. No, I like that. I like that. especially the way it, it drops an octave. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah it's, it, it is kind of dark kind of minimal, minimalist song um, Q-tap, Q-tips rap I don't know there's, there's a rap on this song? <laughs> Q-tip I never yeah. even noticed that's <laughs> your Willy Wonka rap yeah that's it's your Willy Wonka rap <laughs> I thought that was Prince no 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 way <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure actually I thought it sounded like him but then a couple of times I thought it didn't sound like him Okay, it's Q-Tip. There we go. Exclusive here on Peach and Black. <laughs> Not so exclusive, I think. <laughs> for, everyone who, for everyone who didn't know it is. Because I was going to say, you know, the song's advertised in the video and on the website as Chocolate Box featuring Q-Tip. And, you know, he has like a 10-second rap. Mm. And that's, that's about it. And it's a pretty cool little rap, but it's, I'd hardly say he's featured in the song. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway. A uh, couple of interesting lyrics in there. Are you gay or popping pills? I like I kind of like that because it's you don't know whether he's taking the piss or whether he's serious or it's just like it's just a freaky line hmm. um, and again it's got this real skippy chorus to it you know she want a box of chocolates it's just cool um, yeah it's very dark very minimalist very funky not the greatest thing he's ever done but certainly not a bad one and I do like uh, opposite to what I thought about Another Like Me. I like the way that this song is a little bit longer. Like, he could have edited it down for the sake of the album, but he's put the sort of full version on there, I guess. Uh, so that's nice. Yeah, with this song, this song doesn't get old for me. Six minutes, but Never Be Another Like Me does. Yeah. But this song fills out the six minutes, and I don't get sick of it. Yeah. It fits. Yeah, I think there's... That, that might be partially to do with the fact that there's more going on in it, I think, in general. And, and uh, I'll take over my little um, uh, review of this track by saying that it's it's kind of... It's futuristic funk to a degree, but it's got all those princisms in that, you know, within, within, the, within the six minutes. And uh, the, I'll start off with some of the points that I don't so much enjoy. One is that sort of derivative vocal effects and I think he's using whatever he's using quite well because it doesn't detract from the song the thing is that I don't think it necessarily adds to it either um, yeah. 
I mean, when you look up vocal effects, there are so many, te- the, you know, tens upon hundreds of different effects that you can use on your voice, and it just doesn't... I think that a different effect could have given the song more bite, but then again, maybe he's thinking, well, I'm going to keep this, mi- um, you know, mi- minimalist, but I, th- let, let me put it this way. The sound is cool and it's futuristic. Um, I won't spend too much time on the auto-tune, but I think it's effective... Um, on that, on that, on that little breakdown when he says, you know, she won a box of chocolates every time, and he sort of distorts it a little bit there. But um, he, he's putting—I I don't know what he's doing—but it sounds like he's doing—he's he, putting kind of a lot of the instruments through pedals and maybe more specifically filters that aren't necessarily supposed to be supposed to work. So I, I think this is Prince experimenting with his sound and with the sounds that are on commercial radio. I just think that that's what it is, and he's tried to create a jam out of it. And I think for the for the better part of it, he has. I mean, the drum programming is not good; it is off the chain. <laughs> this drum programming is ridiculous. The Lindrum is back, but there's so much more going on. There's like the, there's that little bit that it sounds like he's like a salt and pepper shaker, but it's like so much more. <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff happening in this song, and, and the synth lines are, are really cool, specifically the funky bass synth lines, and you know the the whole disco jellyfish second half of the song. I think that really kind of takes over the track, and I, I much prefer it when he, you know plugs the guitar into the yeah. amp and, 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 and takes takes the song, I think, to another level from my point of view. I forgot to um, mention that. That guitar is awesome, the way it just slides yeah. in there. Whatever it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like a three-second solo, but it's just so good. Yeah, yeah and that's and that's the brilliance of it, I think, because it, that, that's all it takes. It just It's this thing about, I always think that Prince is one of the, he's got just this touch, uh, timing, a deft touch of timing, and then also, timing's not enough. You have to know ex- what to put in there, and that fits perfectly. Q-Tip sugarcoats it. Um, you know, it's, I, th- I think it's the best pseudo-hip-hop R&B song that he's, um, that he's done, e- ever. Uh, I don't think there's a better hip-hop R&B song that isn't so derivative, um, in my opinion. But, um, you know, there's a lot better on this album. But this is, this is funky, this is popping, and I think it's it's devious. A lot of these songs are devious. Track one was devious, and this song's devious in the sense that if you don't sit down and listen to it properly, you're going to miss a heck of a lot. Because I'm telling you guys, I mentioned this with Lotus Flower, and I don't want to repeat myself, but this is a completely different album, and there are so many little, just details, sounds, like little sound details, <laughs> sound bites that he's, that he's got all over every track, and this is no different. It's beautiful. Um, so, so Jim was saying there's these little buzzy sounds. There's a couple on this as well in the in the chorus. It's just these. I was listening to it in the car the other day, and it's for some reason in the car it's really obvious these little ticks during the chorus. And yeah, you'll hear them. Mm. It's good stuff. There's much more in there than I think any of us can even appreciate at at this point in time. I think you just need to listen to it literally tens or hundreds of times before you <laughs> you, you figure everything out. And uh, and it's beautiful. Uh, player, player, what are your thoughts on Chocolate Box? All right. When I first heard the 30-second snippet on Lotus Flower website, I hated it. And then a lot of people online were like, well, you know, it's only the first 30 seconds. Don't slow down just yet until you get it all, which was a good point. So about two days before the Lotus Flower website opens, there was a second leak, which initially I thought was the actual song, but it was quickly pointed out it was a demo because there was no Q-tip on it. And when I checked out that second leak, I still didn't like the song. In fact, I hated it more because it was just 
seemed too simple. There was no instrumentation, there was no hook or melody as such. It was just a basic B and nothing more for about two minutes into the song when that keyboard line comes in. There was no Willy Wonka. No. And at that point, I thought Disco Jellyfish was the superior track. There was more going in, in that track. It was far more interesting to listen to. But once it finally came out, I thought it was an improvement. But to me, it sounded like an like a 80s video game soundtrack. Hmm. The, like the keyboard yeah. sounds. It does. Yeah. Um, the guitar riff. Yeah. The guitar riff. The dun, dun, dun. It sounds like I've just been picked up by the Mario Pac- Brothers, by the Pac-Man ghost. Yeah, um, yeah actually, that, that sound, that, that guitar sound, it sounds like he's run it through an MP3 like 50 times and it's just become so compressed. It's just that... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, that's, that's what makes... The, that's what gives the song its unique flavor. Yeah, yeah, he's experimented with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give him points for trying something new in his approach to the song, and it does grow on me, but it's... It's too novelty of a song for me to take it seriously. Um, it definitely has that Black Eyed Peas, Fergie style of hook in the lyrics, which, I don't know, it just pisses me off. Which is not, <laughs> but I have to just, I ha- sorry for interjecting, but that's not even a Black Eyed Peas hook in the first place. They're biting off so many other artists from that, like, late 80s, early 90s. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Stuff. For sure. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I don't see that if Prince should go down that road as well as them. But anyway, um, I just want to ask a question. Is the discotheque making Prince a wreck or <laughs> erect? Well, it says wreck in the lyrics, but I hear it. it sounds it, yeah, I, I hear it differently to the lyrics. So do I. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I love Q-Tip since the Tribe Days. Midnight Marauders is in my top ten favorite albums of all time. Wow. <laughs> the, the Renaissance was easily the best album of last year. Wow. Uh, and I like to see Q-Tip and Prince collaborate more. But in this track, I don't think this track is suited to him or his style. I think he should have got Will I Am on this to guest star on this oh, track. Oh, man, we wouldn't be talking about it if Will I Am was on this song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's, it's the kind of more suited to his style than Q-Tip's style. But anyway... I don't know if Prince is trying to reach out to that demographic. I still don't get the Spice Girls, Matrix, Body Slam and video, <laughs> but it's nice to see Prince do a decent video regardless. I actually uh, watched that the other day, and yeah, I, I don't get it at all. It doesn't go anywhere. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, to sum up the whole song, as much as it's grown on me, I can only give back to Prince the first lyric of this song, which he gives watch, which he gives to us, which is, so what's the deal, why are you fronting, keep it real. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, moving on before things get very heated. Um, track number three, Dance For Me. Sorry, guys, but this is my chance to indulge. <laughs> I apologize. This is the track of the album. Yep. yep. This oh. is the track of this album. Camille Voice, back. Bravado, rude boy, lyrics and tone, back. Everything is ridiculously funky. The Lindrum is some of the best programming he's ever done in his entire career. And I'm not saying this because, oh, the nostalgia just hit me and I think, oh, you know, I haven't heard this in a while and it's great. The drum programming on this song is fucking insane. It is amazing. People do not do this. Like, the Lindrum is... I I used to think... I I never really knew much about the Lindrum, but I did a lot of research and investigation and found out that 
you know, I guess you can make a lot of combinations with 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 a lot of the pads and sounds and that that it has, but. There's really not that much to it, and this guy is an absolute genius for making some of the world's most amazing drum drum patterns and beats out of the, out of the lin, and it's it's in full effect. It's so tight; just no one programs a lin drum like Prince, and and he's got other stuff in this song as well. The bass and the keyboard lines, the way they intermingle in this song, is crazy. They are like playing off each other almost, and. Um, it's ridiculous. The zap vocoder effect is, is really cool. And my favorite part in this song, bar none, is when his voice breaks. And I've said this in the, some of the, I think one of the previous episodes. Um, I don't know if you guys are with me on this or if you know what I'm talking about. There's a point in the song. You mentioned it last time. Is that, have you guys, does anyone actually know what I'm referencing? Whereabouts is it? This is towards the, it's, it's one of the last, um, it's towards the end of the track, or maybe three quarters through it, and his voice just breaks, it, but not, not doesn't break in a, like a, a, a puberty esque kind of way. Like it breaks up. Like it kind of it, he can't he doesn't he doesn't sing the verses clearly. Like he he just breaks up. It's like he's the, so you know struck by this girl that he's just like oh exactly yeah. And it's ridiculous for anyone that hasn't heard it. Go back and listen to it. It just puts a smile on my face every time. Um, and it's brilliant, man. The, the beats are so wicked. I can't figure out what he's doing on this song. Like, there's so much to it. I'm not going to go into it because I could go on all night. I'll let you guys talk about the details. But there's, I just want to leave it with, this song is brilliant. It is funky. It is all over the place. It's slamming programming and specifically the way that he's layered everything together on this track. He hasn't just put things together. He's layered his sounds stupendously. This is one of... I, will, I have to say this is one of the top Prince songs of all time. Anyone else take the floor? Mr. Captain, what do you think about this? Oh, I think this is my second favorite song on the album. I can't say it's first, but um, again, I this in just about every track. It's got great Lin Pro programming. It's this the beat on this song. It's just mental, <laughs> and I really like the vocal lines. The melody of this song gets stuck in my head all day long. Uh, in the in the second verse, there's this like vibraphone that comes in in the in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's excellent. <laughs> That reminds me of the marimba on that other track on Lotus Flower. It's just this weird little thing in the background. That you, so a lot of people might it? not even. A lot of people might not even hear it. But every time Brilliant. I hear it, I go, "Oh, there, there's a vibraphone." It's not a harpsichord, but yeah. <laughs> it's almost as good. It's almost <laughs> as good. Panther kind of thing. It's awesome. Yeah, and there's a lyric somewhere in there's some, something about the pale moonlight, and that's just straight off Batman with the yes. dance yep. with the devil. Yep. But the Dark sun glasses. The other thing that annoys the thing that the only thing I can't even speak. The only thing that annoys me in this song is the synth that doesn't go anywhere near the end. It sort of builds up and builds up, and then nothing happens. But yeah, this is one of the best songs he's written in a fair few years. But just that synth annoys me. It it, it sort of builds up, it builds up, and then it just dies, and nothing happens. 
All right, all right. Before we get a, before we get anyone else or even player, I just thought before I forget about this point um, that I didn't mention. I think it's probably this after the voice breaking incident that my second favorite part of this song is the little, um, just the, the ascension and then the, the the dissension of notes. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what he's doing it on. Uh, it's probably just. Um, uh, some sort of um, keyboard effect where it sort of goes do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Why not arpeggios? That's right, arpeggios. That's what the word I'm looking for. We've got a master technician in the house. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, that is exactly it. The arpeggio effects are unreal. I've always wanted him to do, to just use that. <laughs> use that structure like when it comes to guitar he, he prince mainly plays this is something i can't talk about in, in mainly pentatonic scales um you know sometimes he, he goes into dorian etc but but th- that's it the arpeggio brilliant he's done it he's done it <laughs> sorry captain are you got anything else uh no that's it okay all right player what do you think about dance for me yeah this song is funky as all hell it's a hot track uh, it incorporates some signature print sounds, limb drums, the Camille voice, but it also manages to capture an 80s funk feel. It, it sounds a lot like Zap or Cameo, Daz Band, Midnight Star. Yep. Um, early 80s Barcase even. Um, even as someone pointed out online, it's a little bit like Wah Wah Nee. There's a song they do <laughs> yeah. called Giving Everything, which is an interesting but, comparison because Wah Wah Nee was an Australian... Uh, and back in the mid-80s, and they were, if you didn't know, they marketed it as a duo group a bit the way um, Wham! or Savage Garden was presented as two guys, but it's actually a whole group. And they had two major hits here in Australia. One was called Stimulation. Stimulation! That's an awesome song. The other <laughs> one was called um, Sugar Free. Yeah. And they were probably the next funkiest thing to come out of this country besides In Excess, but they were always dogged by claims of ripping off Prince's sound back then. And I think it's interesting that now there's a comparison of Prince sounding like Wow I Me. But, um, yeah, uh, where do I start with this song? The vocals changing up throughout the song is crazy. Like, he, he alters the voice all the way through it. Um, the keyboards are sick. There's a very early 80s style to it, and I love it. I wish he keeps this up. Um, the bass has this really nice wet sound to it. It sounds like Zap's more bounce to the ounce. Mm. Um, it just oozes the funk effort- effortlessly. And all as a one-man band, again, you can't ignore, like, he's done this all, all on, on, on his own. Um, he nails it on this one. Um, the song smokes. It's a ten out of ten for me. Um, Prince, please keep giving us songs like this because they're killer. I love <laughs> also at the end where he says he wants to pick up his maracas and shake. <laughs> that kills me. I love it when. <laughs> All right, all right. Before we go to Toe Jam, I just want to say again, I think this track is freaking amazing. The more you guys talk about it, the more I just want to quit this show and put it on. <laughs> I just want to put it on right now. Um, if you're listening, pause it right now and go and listen to this song. All right. Are you talking to me? Because I'm going to do it. <laughs> the listeners. Uh, Toe Jam, what do you think about Dance For Me? Close it off. Hallelujah. How cool is this track? <laughs> Oh, man, all the things I want to talk about have been taken. The vibraphone, I love that. I love the pick up the maracas, the Camille voice. Uh, and I wonder also if that was partly, because, uh, you know, the funk song, F-U-N-K, mm. yep. that he had Camille voice. And that song, like, as much as it was, you know, dis- somewhat disrespectful to the fans, it got a lot of praise on the internet. And I wonder if he saw that and this that kind of inspired this album in some ways, um, the, you know, the, the positive reaction he was getting from that track. 
Um, yeah, classic 80s breakdown and synth sounds. Uh, yeah, the piano that has this, for any um, music theory heads out there, it's got this, uh, end, ends the, each verse with this 57571, you know, dun, 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 at the end. Uh, yeah. Very similar to straight off Get On The Boat, but obviously in a completely different groove, so you don't notice it so much. Uh, I got could have fit sim- uh, seamlessly on Sign of the Times. Um, yeah, this is just this is by far the best track on the album, and it does rate as one of the funkiest things he's done ever. Really, you yeah, that's that. you that's what I was going to say. The, the the distorted tremolo guitar towards the oh, end. God, I, I forgot to that. even mention that. I forgot to mention the distorted guitars. It's ridiculous. Like, there's nothing in the song that pisses me off. Really, it's. <laughs> I just want to sing it. Yeah, Don't forget the, the um, there's a harp as well that comes in doing all stuff in the background near the end. Okay. Well, oh man, I reckon we've probably missed another ten instruments in this song. Yeah. It's like, but it, it's it's deceptive. I talked about it on Lotus Club how deceptive those that collection of songs was. This is as well, and I don't know. Maybe maybe one of you guys can pick up, but. Um, the, the 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 motif the the kind of synth motif that that runs through all the verses in this song, kind of in the background. The dun, 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 dun. What, what is that? I don't know what it is. What is he playing? Do you guys know what I'm? Yeah. I'm not sure which bit you mean. Oh, it's I, I can't even. I don't know how to. This is the brilliance of this song, I guess, or, or maybe the um <laughs> the, the limited um, knowledge that I've got. But I just don't know how to explain it. It's. I I always oh thought God. it was like a keyboard sound. Yeah, yeah, it's a. But that's it, what I think. I think it's a keyboard, but but yeah, if you took it to a keyboard, how would you play it? It's 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 a weird sound. I don't know how he creates it. Yeah, that's a, that's like you like you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think we're talking about the same thing now. Hmm. I just don't know how to describe it. So um, I, unless I can think of a, a way before the show ends, um, we'll leave it alone. But this is a this is a. Oh, I can't believe how good this song is. I mean, this this song. If every other song in this album was a bomb, which they're not, this album would already be just so much better for this track. And and I'll just finish it off by reiterating again, for anyone who's listening, MC thinks this is one of Prince's all-time greats, all-time classics. You can put this song next to anything he's ever done and just and just be, wow, 2009, dance for me. Oh, don't forget that you got that big vocal thing at the end with the 50 million Prince voices. That's, <laughs> straight that's, off. That's good too. Straight off the symbol album or something like that. Yeah. It's just freaky. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, slowing down the pace a little bit with a reworking track number four. It is... Downhill from here. <laughs> is that the name of it? Come on, man. Um, the song is called You're Gonna See Me. And we'll take it to Toe Jam. What are your thoughts on this track? Well, for any um, you know relatively hardcore Prince fans out there, you'll know that this song was released on the One Night Alone album in 2002 in a, essentially a piano and voice version. And uh, look... I'm going to say, I really like this version. I think it's cool, but I do find it kind of redundant on this album in the sense that it doesn't outdo the original in any way. I'm not saying it's any worse, but it doesn't outdo it. It's a beautiful melody, no doubt. Uh, It's got interesting bells and whistles, but 
I don't know. It just seems a little bit redundant to me. Like, if it was a completely different arrangement or, you know, changed keys on it or something, but it, it's more or less exactly the same, just with some bells and whistles, of, you know, some keyboard bells and whistles and a bit of Lin sort of thing. So, in, in that sense, it, it's a little bit disappointing for me. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly not, it's certainly not terrible. Uh, the sounds he's used reminds me of, um, when two are in love. Yep. Uh, reminds me a lot of that song. Just you got the, violins uh, and stuff. Yeah, the fake violins, the, yeah. the, the one-way collage it all together. So, yeah, the melody itself, the song itself is a great song, but in terms of, I've already heard this song before on another album. It's a little bit disappointing. Like, it's not like the dance on 3121 that completely revamps um, the original Slaughterhouse Chocolate Invasion version. Like, that completely re- reinvented that song for me. This one doesn't reinvent the song. It's just another version of the song, which I think would have been better maybe as a you know, B-side or a, an internet download or something. That's my thoughts. Okay. Captain, what do you think about track number four? You're going to see me. Um... More of the Lin drum programming, which is good, and it it is that's what is similar to when Tour and Love as well is the sort of sound that's on this, which is very similar to the when Tour and Love one. But um, this song is just too boring. It was boring enough on the One Night Alone album. Wow. But but having said that, this song has grown on me over the like past week or two, and out of the three bland ballads on this album, <laughs> this is the best of the ballad bunch. But, um, Jesus. I think this is, as yeah, like Tojo said, it's, it's, this no, doesn't improve on the original one at all. That was pretty forgettable. This is just as forgettable. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take this off your hand and um, carefully disagree here. Uh, uh, this is an amazingly beautiful version of the song. I thought the original was was quite was quite beautiful and, and in a funny way kind of haunting um, but this is this is very sweet and it's the difference that I feel here is that the embellishments that he's done and, and Toe Jam's right it's not in a different key or anything like that but but where I disagree with um, uh, with you sir is the I think the reworking is is a rearrangement and I actually think this is a the track is rearranged um, in the sense that, all right, he's kept all the basic tracks, but then he's added a lot of other arrangements. And to me, that is a rearrangement, not just additional arrangements, because he's taken the the, the One Not Alone song um, and, and he's done something more to it, which has made it different. The, the, harmon- the harmo- harmonies of the vocals are not present in the, in the first one because it's basically piano and voice. The harmonies of the vocals on track number four of this album are, are just mind-blowing. They are so classy, it is ridiculous to hear his harmonies and his background vocal work on, on this particular song. Um, I actually think that because he's not doing all those vocal gymnastics, or, or at least not as much as on, on the original, more acoustic version, this sounds more heartfelt. It's a more heartfelt reworking to me, and and it tugs it tugs at my heart in any in any case. Um, the strings and the synths are to die for, even though they're they're obviously not not real in a, a conventional sense. And the Lin beat, I mean, come on, the Lin and the drum programming on this is brilliant. Now, to me, Lin drum programming doesn't need to be wicked and funky and all over the place to be great. He he's taken the Lin drum beat and he's turned this song 
into a slow jam. Now, if anyone can take the Lindrum and, and use that to, to create a slow jam, and what a slow jam at that, they're a genius in my book. It really sparkles the drum programming here. Um, especially, and I don't know exactly which part of the Lin is using, but the, like as in any good uh, slow jam track, when he, when he really hits the snare at, at exactly the right time, is just brilliant. And he's done something to the cymbals. He's distorted them. Uh, they're jumping around all over. Uh, brilliant. The, the lyrics are clever. They always were. Um, and this is one man? Are you guys kidding me? Get lost. I have to say to everyone, not not to you guys on the show, but to anyone questioning um, Prince as one of the greatest composers of the 20th and 21st century, you have got to be joking. This is an amazing, beautiful, heartfelt rendition of the original. And I prefer this version, I have to say. Player, what do you think? I think you're outnumbered, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. This is for me. This is a rehash. Um, yep. yeah, it, it's nice, but it's a bit of a sleeper on this CD. It's a bit pedestrian, a bit too cutesy sounding for me. Could have done without it. Um, I, yeah, what's with him and all this? Um, you know, the one I want to see. You're going to see me. Sort of like a little bit obsessed by this seeing everyone. But anyway. <laughs> He just likes to have the Prince Bonics on the album on the album sleeve. That's right. I don't know. Looking at him, I think it's interesting though that you know he could he's gone into the back catalogue and selected something and bought it out and and redone it and like he's never. I mean, lately I guess I'm thirty one, twenty one. He's done that with the the dance, but I wonder why why he does that. Because, you know, before in his career, he, he never used to even do cover versions. Everything was original. And and now, he, I don't know, it's just why he would pick, like, pick this particular track and, and throw it on this project. It's interesting. I think it's anyway. because, you know, One Night Alone was only given out to the music ah, the club members in 2002. And this is, you know, before his big you know, comeback, so to speak, in 2004. So there's, there would still be a lot of people out there that haven't heard the original of this. Sure. I, I was just about to say that maybe maybe the reason why I why I like the the song in this particular version of of, so much, of it so much is that I actually think that you're going to see me was you know one of the best if not the best songs on that uh, ONA piano and voice CD. So I yeah. don't know where you guys stand on that, but oh, yeah, I think it was too, and that's why this version, like again, it's a lovely song and lovely melody, lovely version. But to me, it just doesn't outdo the original. So it's in that sense, it's a bit redundant. All right, all right. Are we going into here? Yep. Well, do we have? Do we have to? Oh, fucking hell! I'm going to start this off then. <laughs> this is a great track. Oh. This is a great track. Um, nowhere near as good as Dance for me, but it, it, it's completely in a completely different. You, you don't compare this to their apples and oranges. Now, I'll start off with the lyrics here. Uh, we speak so much about the music, and I'm not going into the lyrics just to change it up. I actually think that the lyrics are brilliant, especially the end. Yeah, it's going to say that. I was so not expecting this. Um, the Donny Hathaway. No. No? <laughs> no. Just just the... I, I mean, this might sound lame. You guys can have a, a great laugh when I say this, but I was never in, the, in my wildest dreams when I was listening to this song expecting him to go from I don't want you here I don't want you here I don't want you here to oh how I want you here and I know it's, it sounds lame when I say it 
But the first time I oh, heard nah, that... Oh, no, man. It sounds sexy when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm blushing I don't know what to say Uh, it's it's just brilliant it's brilliant it's just brilliant I I remember seeing the song title here listening to it and saying I don't want you here and I was kind of thinking I know know where this is going at the end he's going to say I want you here Uh, you know what I'm a bit slow in that respect maybe that's why I like these songs (laughs) you can't slide one past me Prince (laughs) <laughs> it's like the sixth sense you never saw it coming <laughs> yeah so I, it, I literally didn't and, um, and and I think that just that is, is a brilliant is a brilliant idea and it's a change around and, and everything around instrumentally everything around that changeover just heat like the drums are on the one everything is brilliant it's ridiculous but anyway past past the lyrics I'm not going to go in depth in it because you know it'll just drag on but He's got some impassioned singing, and again, it sounds heartfelt. Now, a lot of his ballad work, you know, he, he obviously goes into the studio and goes, I'm going to write a ballad, and it, some of his ballads, as good as they are musically, etc., you know, the background vocals are great, they don't sound as heartfelt as what I think um, You're Going to See Me um, was, and this one is. The singing towards the end is, is just amazing. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's hitting the notes, but it's coming from a place in the heart, I think, and that's... Um, Again, could be taken lame, but I really, really, I, I, I really feel that. And when I have to say this, when I listen to this track, this is, this will be the underrated track of the album. I think it oh. will be the Quiet Achiever. It's underrated for a reason. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be the Quiet Achiever, and it, it might get lost in the mix. I, for one, don't listen to this song as an, an ordinary Prince track. And I, I don't know why this has happened. It happened very recently. I was singing this, uh, listening to this for a little while. And all of a sudden, the next time I heard it, a few days ago, something changed. I, I feel... And, and when you guys next listen to this on headphones, try and get into my headspace and see if you can even understand what I'm talking about. I feel as if this is the kind of song that he wrote, for, he made for himself. And not necessarily a, a, a song that he wants to impress someone with or he wants to put out because the harmonies are ridiculous. The singing is so, um, it's so, it's it's just so. The singing is in the pocket, if that even makes sense. It's just everything is perfect, but it doesn't sound contrived and it doesn't sound lame. Um, the backwards tape modulated synths coming in and out from from the left and right channels are brilliant. Um, the arpeggio keys in the chorus, I think that is just so cool, the way he's done that. It's a simple effect, but it's just awesome. Um, yeah, this is a great heartfelt song, and I feel like I'm, I'm in Prince's studio listening to this as opposed to listening to the album. Um, Player, what do you think of this? Yeah, I agree with you. I think this song is a standout track, um, but I don't know if it fits the concept of this album as such. Yeah, okay. Um, I would like to have seen that maybe on another project where it, and where it's placed in the album. It brings the momentum of the CD down, having two style tracks back to the back. However, it is a cool layback track. There's nice limb drum programming. Um, there's a really nice clean acoustic guitar in the mix. I really like the way he's um, recorded the guitar in it. And the, and the lyrics are decent enough as well. So it's, it's really good at, at the way he's approached it. And, um, yeah, I love the last line where he says, Donny Hathaway's song for you. I think the same without you here. I reckon that's a really cool reference and cool name check that he's done there. But um, it's good. It's good for me, but not on this particular project. I think you should have saved this for maybe something else. 
Okay. All right. Captain, I know you're raring to go. Just give it to us. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could disagree any more. Uh, this song is... It's, this is If you're voting most skippable track... Actually, no, that's, that's later on. Okay, this is the second most skippable track. <laughs> this is totally forgettable. It is just so boring. After the first minute, I was just so bored, and then there was still another four more minutes to go. Uh, it's horrible. The dodgy keyboard sound with that little echo on it, that is just horrible. And oh, I hate it. it. The thing is, a chorus... It reminds me of some other song. I don't even know if it's a Prince song. I still haven't figured out what it is yet. But, I it's, know just, what it is. but it's just different enough to throw me off every time I think I've got it. Then he changes it a bit, and then I've forgotten what it is. What is it? I, I don't know. We might be talking about a different bit, but I'm talking about the the um, the echo keyboard line. Da, 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 that bit. 17 days. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Which, which I was going to say as well. But now it's the... what he's When he's actually singing the chorus... I still haven't figured out what song that's from, but it's really similar to something else. But no, this song's horrible. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologise. He didn't with the morning after. Why start now? <laughs> hey, that's the best song on that album. Actually, no, except for Money. All right, quickly, let's get up to topic. <laughs> Tai Jam, what do you think of this? Yeah, this is a very interesting song. Um... You know, I can. In some ways, this is the most skippable track, but it, it's yeah. it's such an interesting track that I you know, I don't know where to stand on this one. It's I really like it, but it is skippable. <laughs> um, to me, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. To me, the sentiment is a little cheesy, and I I don't hear it as being genuine. To me, it sounds like he's got this cool idea for a song about here. Where, you know, and he's like, oh, I just got this cool idea. I'm going to write a song about I don't want you here. And then at the end, I'm going to change it. So <laughs> to me, it, it, it doesn't sound genuine. Not that it's, oh, not I wholeheartedly disagree with you there. <laughs> that's, okay, maybe that's not the best way of, of words. It, it is genuine, but it doesn't felt as, like, it, uh, it, to me, it's not 100% genuine. It's genuine, but it's like 70% genuine. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, some things I really like about this song. Uh, anyone who likes... Um, harmonic progression. This song goes all over the place. It starts in E major, then the the first verse comes in on G major, then the bridge goes to C major. It's all over the place, all over the place, and that's that's really cool about it. And he uses this um, F sharp seven to B seven two five one progression to change between the keys. Uh, so again, anyone who likes music theory will love this song because it does go all over the place harmonically. Um, I think there's maybe a little bit too much going on. I, th- I, I agree with Captain that I don't like the echo on that synth line. And there's also an echo on the, some of the kick drums as well. And it, it almost clutters the song a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, again, I, I like the, the rhythm of the, um, of the chords in the background, as, as um, Player was saying with the acoustic guitar. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a funny one. It's a funny one. On its day, it can be the best song on the album, and it, yet on a different day, it can be the worst song on the album. It's very much like that. It's, I still haven't made up my mind completely, but I, there are some really interesting things in this song going on. I can understand why it could be, more, why it could be skippable, because it, even as much as I really enjoy this song and, and immensely love it, um, sorry, like immensely like it, I should say, um, 
it it is he sings it i mean the, the, there's nothing special about the vocal there's nothing special about the instrumentation on the surface um and and the, the melody is kind of uh pretty pretty, pretty basic that the melody um of, of the of those uh keyboards in the back um and even with the guitars and the drumming so i, rec- I can understand it but yeah it's yeah, I wonder what everyone else thinks about about this one. It, it, one thing I have to agree with everyone on, though, as much as I like the track, it does slow the album down. On yeah. the on the flip side, though, I think that just because it says MPL sound doesn't mean that it's going to be you know dance for me ten times in a row. Yeah. But know? I think so, this would have been better coming after Dance for Me and maybe either leaving out uh, you're going to see me or, or putting that somewhere else because I do yeah. I do agree that the two next to each other. It does kind of slow it down. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's like the middle, the, the slow middle part of the album. The yeah. whole middle of this album is just a disaster. Don't hold back now. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's a disaster. Okay, Captain, you're going to lead off track number six for it's us. A it's called disaster. track six is called "Hey Valentina" and it's all yours. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, we're ready. I don't like this track. <laughs> well, why? Why am I not surprised? What, this, what are you drinking tonight? What are you gassing yourself up? <laughs> this is Prince trying to sound contemporary, and it just sounds dumb to me. This sounds like a track that Usher did like about seven years ago. Usher couldn't do a track like. I don't this. like the drums. I don't like the awful synths. I don't like the lyrics. I don't like the melody. Wow. I don't even like the guitar solo. There's a melody. <laughs> The only thing I do like about this track is the, the Hey Valentina bit that he keeps singing in the background. That's the only thing I like in the whole song. And now yes, tell us what you really think. And yes, <laughs> yes, at 50 years old, he should be getting mothers to call him, not 30-something he's used to. Uh, that's, that's it. A- hasn't this got something to do with Salma Hayek? Yep. I was yes. seeing online, people were in an uproar about how could he say this. I don't even know what the connection is, though. Because I don't listen to the words. <laughs> Next. <laughs> That's probably the greatest review you've given. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who wants it? So, whoever yeah, puts I'll up their it. hand up next, all right, play it. All right, as funky as this track is, the seven <laughs> is bad taste. It's just bad taste. Like, to tell someone's 18-month-old daughter that their mother <laughs> is MILF <laughs> is a real tacky way of approaching a song. <laughs> I mean, all I can say is it's out of line to rap about what he's rapping about to a child. It's disrespectful to the husband and in a way to Selma herself. That's why it's good. <laughs> it's tacky. No, I'm kidding. Tacky. The, it's the great. themselves, I mean, have a read of them online without the song playing. <laughs> and it's just so second rate. It's, it's really bad. But, however, let's get on to the positive. The music itself is awesome. I've got oh, no complaints there. No complaints there. The synth really makes this track. Having the Valentina chant in the background is a nice touch. It's you and know, it, not in the it drops in. It drops in yeah. like at times that you don't expect it to. Yeah, and it, yeah. And, it, and it zooms from left to right in earphones throughout the um, verses. It's it's really cool. Um, and the way the vocals themselves are recorded are really cool. The guitar towards the end. Um, has also been recorded nicely as really as well. Um, you know, you know why that sounds so good. Um, our good friend Carlos Santana just popped in the studio that day. And yeah. He played that. He played that leak straight. 
spread yeah. off of his um, <laughs> songbook. It does have that Carlos vibe to it. Um, but yeah, this is a mixed track for me because on the one hand, the music is on point, but the lyrics is what distracts the whole thing, the whole point of the song for me. Okay, all right, Toe Jam, what do you think about this, track number six? Uh, I pretty much completely agree with Player. The, the music on this, it sounds to me like it was recorded the same day or, you know, in the same week as Dance For Me because the music is just as good as Dance For Me. But oh, my the God. Lyrics, oh, I disagree. Okay, oh. Maybe, maybe not as good, but, you know, it's um, it has that same, you know, really funky, genuine vibe to it. Um, but again, the, the lyrics do kill this song. It's it, In five years' time, this song is going to sound so dated, it's going to be not funny. Uh, the one lyric I do like, curvier than a Fender Stratocaster guitar. That's cool. Yeah. Right <laughs> um, yeah, I love the little squeaky little synth bit at the end. That don't, 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 don't. Don't, don't. And again, a nice guitar solo. Um, yeah, I, I like the music of this, the, the rhythm of the, um, oh, I've lost what I was going to say. It has just the general... Again, the, the rhythm of the harmonies and the chords, I like that, the way it's sort of a slightly Latin-y, Mexican-y sort of thing, which ties in with the lyrics, I guess. But, yeah, a, a great song musically, kind of spoiled a bit by some cheesy lyrics. All right. It is a great song musically. MC oh. going on another short rant. It is a great song musically. Um, the lyrics... I wouldn't call them great, but I also wouldn't call them second-rate. I think they, they're fit for purpose. The purpose is to attempt to shock the crowd, a la Dirty Mind, again, and it doesn't come off. <laughs> so I think the lyrics aren't, aren't dodgy and lame. I think the concept is lame, and the lyrics suit that concept. However, um, there's, there's something... There's something really hilaric, hilarious or hilarical. That's not a word, but anyway. <laughs> hilarical. Um, yeah, I use that from time to time. Um, about a 50-year-old man, and no ordinary 50-year-old, granted, but talking about you know what you guys have already mentioned. But but what I I think something that no no one else has mentioned so far is stuff the baby. She's married. <laughs> Stuff the baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's like uh, that. That's one. That's one issue to think about. You know, he's singing to the kid technically, but this is a married woman. Yeah, she's married. But look at her. Jeez. Yeah, but I got a theory about that. She's married to a billionaire. So if he's got a problem with it, he, the prince will just ask to be paid off. <laughs> that's what it is. Perfect. It's a money. It's a money shot. That's right. Um, no, no. But uh, listen, I think it's. I think it's good. I think I like it. it the, the, the lyrics don't detract from it at all for me. Um, I, I, you know, I, the lyrics aren't great, but they're just they're they're a not even the late night feedings. Isn't that a sexy? <laughs> that's the best line. No. Easily, that is the best line in this song. So many people have been so controversial about it. They've been saying, you know, it's so controversial, and and some people have really spat the dummy on that on that line. I think the um, literally when she's <laughs> when, when they say um, when yeah exactly <laughs> as a moment of the show right there um, when 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 he goes into. Um, you know, when she's tired after all those late night feedings. Oh, I get an image in my mind. Do you? 
the baby's not there. <laughs> I tell you what, if you thought Brio was was um, was doing well, that was because of the air conditioning. Salma don't need no aircon. Let me put it that way. Um, I, I this is what it, it, it conjures up for me. The thought of that song is Selma herself is a breastfeeding advocate or something. And she's she gone fed, to... She yeah, fed she the African to, baby. That's right. She went to the third world country and there was some mother that couldn't lactate or something. So she fed the baby for her. Isn't what a photo what that was. Where yeah. were the cameras is what I want to know. They See, I, can imagine, I can imagine Prince sitting around like with his band or whatever, joking around going, oh, that's the luckiest baby in the world. And then it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to turn this into a song. And it, it probably sounded like a really cool idea at the time. Any, any I actually still out. think I still think this is a good idea. As crazy as I, oh, okay, let me put my, let me get back. Uh, I'm toying with you there. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> You'd have to be mad to say it's a great idea. It was a good idea, but I think it's funny. It's hilarious to me that that this guy is actually talking about the stuff he's talking about. Um, yeah, you got to put it. I mean, I don't understand how people can say that this is that this detracts from the song. But then you can, you know, like people will completely gloss over the, a line like, I sincerely want the taste out of your mouth. I mean, yeah. that's just, if that doesn't conjure up a, a, a more brutal image, then I don't know what else. But, hey, let me put it this way. Salma Hayek is a MILF. <laughs> Prince, Prince is admitting it. Yeah, that's just a fact. Uh, this is a fact of life. Prince is admitting it. I agree with Toe Jam. I reckon this is very tongue-in-cheek. I think she probably cracks up every time she hears it, and I think she prob- she was probably the first one to hear this song. Um, well, let's not forget she directed the Tiamo Corazon video. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. I agree that you know she, he's probably sent this to her as a bit of a joke, and she's gone, hey, that's really funny. You should put that on the album. Yeah, I mean, she's Latin. She's walking around strutting the stuff. I mean, that's, this is no problem. This is like, you know, like... Any other day, <laughs> another day in the life. So, um, I, yeah, let's leave the lyrics to a side because they don't affect me much. But the Latin style, um, the Latin style drum programming. Now, for God's sake, the guy's using a Lin and a few other tools of the trade, Pro Tools, etc., to pr- to program electronically program a Latin sound. Again, if that's not brilliance, and it comes off, it doesn't come across shoddy or cheap. Um, you know, even the cymbal work, uh, and the, sorry, hi-hat work, um, you know, the, the kind of electronic um, transfer in, in, into that is just brilliant. Uh, the drumming is, is awesome. The, the lyrics um, go into a beautiful guitar solo, a lyrical guitar solo, straight out of the Santana chord progressions. Um, again, he's playing, he's playing, you know, Latin, blues, rock, uh, you know, with his eyes closed, but it comes off nicely. And um, it's a wild track. It's got best bells and whistles galore. The only thing that I think does spoil it is the kind of dated 80s... As much as I said that I agreed with, with the Youthy Toe Jam with the little... Oh, this is going to come off bad, but those little... Dun, 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 oh, anyway, that, that was ridiculous, but... <laughs> Like you know, those little I know what you mean whatever yeah. you call them. Um, I think it, it sounds a bit Miami Vice for me. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just like you know, straight out of Grand Theft or something. So um, that aside, I think this is an okay, uh, you know, an, an, an okay song. Um, 
in comparison to some of the harsh <laughs> criticisms that you guys have put out there. Uh, but it gets better, or does it? Does it get better with time, or doesn't it? I don't know. Track number seven, Better With Time. Tejan, what do you think of Better With Time? You know, I really like this song. I really like it. It's so... Uh, this song sounds genuine to me. This one sounds really genuine. Uh, I don't know if it fits the album, really, but it's such a nice song. It, you know, it reminds me of um, Silly Game, Man of War, You Make My Sunshine, but it's a lot more simplified and straightforward. Um, some of the background vocals on this kick me in the back of the head. Uh, the, way, the way they fade in, I've got, I've got the time written in here. Just check it out. 3 minutes 23, these... Background vocals just fade into nowhere. It's, it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, lyrically, um, I think it's a nice sentiment as well, um, saying you get it with time. And, you know, Prince is somewhat famous for people saying that he never ages kind of thing. Uh, so I think he's re, you know repaying a compliment to someone. I'd like to know who the song's actually about. That'd be quite interesting to find out. Yeah, it's about, um, what's her name? Uh, Crystal Scott Thomas. Ah, yeah, yeah, I think I do remember reading. Okay. How did we find that out? Uh, I think I just... Lyrical references? Yeah, I remember reading it now, but is there any sort of reason why there, we got that? No, there are, uh, there are no direct lyrical references I don't, that, that I can spot. The only thing is that I read in a few various, uh, yeah. like, a few pieces, yeah, that, that pointed to that, yeah. And supposedly they met, etc., etc., and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So, so, so there's a line that she said to him in this song, reportedly okay no but yeah generally a beautiful song and I think um again it's um again I think it all comes down to you're going to see me being in the wrong spot or not should not have been in the album because should not have been on the album because this one this is the a true ballad and it uh it's it's a beautiful ballad, and I think because you had the two slower songs early, it's very easy to, you know, skip this one or dismiss it. But if, when you listen to it, it's a beautiful song. Okay. Captain. Oh, God. I thought I'd go for a bit of oil and, <laughs> oil and water here. <laughs> we know where how, this is going. How horrible. Another, bum, bum. another five minutes of, you know, toilet break time. <laughs> another five minutes I'll never get back. <laughs> it sounds like... Some sort of outtake from the One Night Alone piano album, but uh, there's a bit more stuff on there. But it's it's more forgettable than here, and that's that's saying something. What is age but a cage? Oh yeah, great great <laughs> lyrics. Clap clap for the handicap. The only good thing I can say about this is the Lynn program is not bad, but and it sort of builds up. It's got a big end, but on such a forgettable track, it's just a waste. Ah. Uh, it I think the ending the ending does seem a little bit forced. It sort of comes out of nowhere, and this big yeah. smashy ending. It's like, oh, I don't know if I really needed that. Yeah, it's, he just tacked it on the end because he needed an end. Yeah. But no, nah, this song's just, oh, it's not going to get better with time for me. <laughs> it's just going to get, I'll, I'll never listen to it again, so it's not really going to get worse, but it's not going to get any better. Player. Yeah, I think this is a nice track. The beat reminds me of the same tempo of Insatiable. I think you could sing this song over the instrumental of Insatiable or vice versa and it would will, it will work. It's by no means his greatest ballad, but it's interesting enough to hold some interest in the vocal delivery and the key changes. Um, it may even work better as a straight piano piece without the bells and whistles attached. 
Um, but as nice as it, as it is, it, it brings this whole midsection of the city down in its pace. I kind of agree with Toe Jam with the two back-to-back and then this. It's, you know, it's a bit much. Um, but overall, it's good. It reminds me, like Toe Jam said, it reminds me a little bit of um, You Make My Sunshine, just the way he sort of sings it. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty good track. I won't say much more about it other than I think it is a mature, passionate, serious composition. It's a, it's a good attempt at summarizing a, a thought, and the thought is obviously he's met this Kristen Scott Thomas again after 20-odd years of working together, potentially not seeing each other. She said to him, you know, um, this is going to be awkward since, you know, you look the same as you always did and look at me. And he's obviously <laughs> responded to that, whether verbally and directly to her or using this song to portray that, saying, well, hold on, no, 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 I think you look good, you know, you've aged well or whatever. I mean, that sounds terrible, but, like, you know, you're, um, you know, aged gracefully, all that kind of stuff, and, and, you know, you are now a classy kind of whatever. So I understand it. I think it doesn't, you know, you're going to see me in here as much as they slow the album down. They belong on here. You go back to the classic, you know, Minneapolis sound, uh, you had those types of songs on, on, on even on um, Dirty Mind, got a, got a Broken Heart Again, Controversy, you had Do Me Baby, all those kind of things, um, and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't think they, they... I think those songs do belong here. I actually think Better With Time doesn't belong here. Uh, it doesn't have the classic Prince elements. Every preceding track has had them. This doesn't. And I'm not saying classic Prince elements in general, but within the realms of the Minneapolis sound. I don't know what it's doing on this album. It drags it down. It adds nothing to it. And I agree with um, what Player said. I had, a, I had a, a, a thought about this before. This would be much better stripped down and, and potentially even played on guitar as opposed to piano. The piano and, and the orchestral and the string, the fake strings, and it, it could be real strings. I don't know if, if Claire's involved on this, but it just... It kind of Bert Bacharach's it. There's there's a there's a there's a phrase that didn't come out well. It's got this Bert Bacharach kind of um, non-appeal to me. It's just ugh, ugh, jeez. So um, you know, and I think if you if you redid it, if he if he did do this song from the heart, because I don't think he it's I think it's seventy percent there. Um, if he really sat down and like well, Wendy and Lisa have mentioned this recently um, someone asked them about what they want to hear from him and it's about getting back to basics you know Lisa I think said Lisa Coleman that it would be great for just him to go back to basic sounds basic chords and everything and just really let let out the, 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 the inner songwriter the kind of more based around folk musings and, and really like saying something poignant this is the track but it doesn't fit with all those embellishments. That's what I think. So, um, Going into track number eight, Old School Company. I'm going to be brief and let you guys take the floor because I'm not a big fan of this track. I, think that, I, don't know what, I don't know what people are talking about when they're saying, this is the jam. This is so funky. This is the greatest thing since Days of Wild Bullshit. This isn't... <laughs> I don't know what... That? I don't know. Some I read somewhere that they said you know, it was a word. but I mean, this is just this is forget forget. This is the thing. This is the only track on the album that, when I think of it, and I tried to get a sound bite or like a like an earworm of it, I can't. Mm-hmm. There's the melody is 
virtually non-existent other yep. than the, the keyboard motif on top of it. Um, it's really, it hasn't got any rhythm other than the rhythm tracks that pretty much don't change throughout the entire length of the track. It's overly long. The lyrics are okay in to some degree in, at some parts, but they just... He actually he actually conflicts himself, and I'm not going to point out exactly why because I don't want to embarrass him. But he's conflicting in this <laughs> song, and especially when you think about the the the, um, the title of the yeah, song, you wouldn't and, want to embarrass him at all. And the rest of the album, so I'll leave that aside, Mr. Nelson. Um, but listen, it's funky because it's Prince, and he does this kind of shit in his sleep. So if you're doing it in his sleep, why'd you put it on this album? Um, the thing that saves it for me is the brilliant vocal background vocals I think they're awesome really nice and it came across very well when he did it on Leno I love those three chicks in the background they're just just awesome awesome funky and um, and the guitar just rips it up so you know keep the last two two and a half minutes and forget the rest that's what I have to say uh, Toe Jam what do you think well my opinion has dived a little bit I was really ecstatic about this track when it first came out but it has dived a bit it's certainly not as it's not as groundbreaking as I first thought. Um, but I still like it. I still like it. I like the Camille effect again. Um, the lyrics, you know, the, the sentiment, what the song's about, it's very similar to what he's been doing for a couple of years now with Musicology, Judas Smile, 2045, this kind of, you know, old school company, we're better than you kind of thing. Um, I, I also like the, the ah ooh, ah ooh throughout it. That's cool. And it's got a, some interesting tonality as well. Um, uh, what, what could you call it? A Dorian flat two scale throughout it, um, which is kind of that's kind of Arabic, uh, Egyptian kind of sounds. Um, which he, it's not the first time he's done it, but he, he certainly doesn't do it all the time. So it's nice to hear that. Um, I really like the interplay between the bass and the um, the sort of main synth line. They don't, 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 and they, the way that they. Sometimes the bass will be will come in a second earlier, and then you know the bass in particular will do all these sort of little chromatic runs to sort of. Or it sounds to me like it's kind of showing off to the synth line because they're supposed See, to be playing the same to- the same thing. Those runs that you're talking about kind of sound disjointed to me, especially when you when, it, when you put the drum over over the top of it, oh, like the no. kick. The kick just comes in too late, I think. No, it's, yeah. it's, there's one cool bit where it breaks down completely, and you just hear the bass synth line going. It's like straight out of um, Inspector Gadget or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I, don't know, I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> no, that is a compliment. Completely. Um, yeah, the name-checking all the celebrities towards the end. Uh, could have done without that. As we all know, he's been spending the last three years in LA just with celebrities. So, it's like, yeah, who cares what CeeLo and all of them are doing? Um, yeah, overall, I think... It's um, it fits fits the album. It's to me, it's kind of the centerpiece of the album without being the best track, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not completely overwhelming, but it's it's still a funky track. I like it. Okay, player, what are your thoughts on the second last track of this album? All right, it's it's got some nice Prince trademarks, the Camille voice, the funky rhythm guitar, but as a whole, for me, it's very very weak. It's funky, but he's done way funkier than this in the past. 
like way in the past you can name like 10 tracks off the top of my head that's way funkier than this let's talk um, about songs that are bland and this one kind of would fit in that category quite nicely yeah it sounds like like 85 to 89 era hip hop for me the the beat is a bit too simplistic um, it could have been done with a bit more bounce the beat like a beat that it's extremely similar to this that's far more interesting is Craig Max flavoring your ear if you could remix that song with this track it would be banging like that's <laughs> you could you could instantly make it more interesting by putting that in it that's um, what it needs i think that it's a slow tempo as well mm. Uh, it, yeah, it just sounds like it just needs a really good remix. Um, what ruins it for me mainly is that keyboard preset is the same one that's used on that home track, I think, from the Bria CD. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that sound. I ha- and, and I have trouble trying to separate the two songs because when I hear this song, I, I'm reminded of that song. Um, I like the live rendition way, way better than this on Jay Leno. Um, the lyrics are quite good. Um, and, and it indicates it's one of the more uh, recent songs written. Yeah. Um, you could tell it was, like, maybe probably the last one written for a couple of reasons. Um, just the bailout. The, the bailout reference, the um, In the White Hat Black reference. Um, and then he also does what he's been doing for the last few CDs where he name-checks all the other songs in a, in a kind of a rap way. So you can tell it's one of the last ones he's written. It's a nice track, but like I said, he's done way funkier than this in the past. Daddy Pop. Someone say Daddy Pop? (laughs) Not quite. Uh, Captain, close Um, it out. It's my song. It's just horrible. (laughs) Straight up. I I hate the synth. I'm I'm just happy, first of all, that most of you don't really like this song, which is great. I can't believe that I agree with you. I can't believe that I agree with you in calling this, the synth. Oh, I hate, a piece of junk. I hate what the synth is playing, and I hate the actual sound of the synth. It's just more Prince trying to sound cool and, and failing, I think, miserably. Hmm. The flop hats, gold medallions, and fake rules. Just kill me now. It's, it's just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a bit better. you got the funky guitar coming in, but overall, this is just... Uh, I don't like it. It's, it's got the Camille-esque voice, which is all right. And he's got the the White House's black line. I thought I thought Jehovah's Witness weren't. They didn't know anything about politics. They didn't even notice what was going on. <laughs> but he's but he notices that. And seven and a half minutes. Come on, that's just it's just crap. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's long. it's self indulgence to the extreme. That's yeah. what I think. Now you go from one of the worst tracks to one of the to the best track on the album. Kick it off. Let's go. Kick it off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Do it. Start yes. it up. Track nine, No More Candy For You, best song on this album. Wow. When I first heard it, that Dumbo keyboard line, I thought, here's another turd. <laughs> but then I changed my mind pretty quick because the song... You mean toad? <laughs> Sounds like horny toad. It does. And after the song gets going, it's great. It's my favourite track, only second on the whole three CD set to Money, which is number one. This is second on out of all three albums. It's the perfect, you know, classic... You know, not only one era track. And he's proved a few things with these albums that he can pull out a track that is just like something he did in 1986, 1981. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but proving that he's still just as funky as he ever was. Oh, yeah. It's, I just, a, that. it's just the great rockabilly with a bit of updated spin on it. 
And I really like the line in that song about all the haters on the internet. Somebody's looking at you. They got your number now full. That's just hilarious to me because I can relate to that line a lot. Um, it's got a great guitar solo, which is great. And that's it. It's just the best song ever. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. You lightened up to that, haven't you? <laughs> Too bad it's the end of the album. Well, I think damn. in contrast to the other crap songs, it's got to be great. I'm, it's it's a my, hey, let me let me just uh, go into my rant quickly. Uh, I always say quickly, but it follows up a brilliant piece of um, sequencing here, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Following up a song like Old School Company with this, mm. is it 1982 or what? Yeah. Um, I want to know where Bobby Z and Des Dickerson are at. That's all I have to say on this one. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's a one-man band. We all know, man. What what, what can you say about this song? It is not just nostalgia. It isn't. There are plenty of similarities to, to Delirious, Horny Toad, etc. But but there are also many, many differences, the lyrics being a, a key difference and a case in point. But all I have to say about this song is, wow, he wow. is going hard on the drum programming. It's so popping. Like, it's not... The treble is brilliant. It's been brilliantly mixed, but and it's also not, like, um, bright. Uh, like I know that's that's a way to describe how speakers sound generally, but it doesn't. When I'm listening to it on headphones, it do, doesn't sound bright to me. It, it just sounds really, really thin. The way it snaps right at the end, the lin, like he's as if it's as if he's like screwed it up, tight, tied it up right to the point of breakage. But it just, it's just beautiful. Um, it's a great. The, the lyrics are kind of half aggressive, or half tongue in cheek, loving it, and God. The bass. Oh, I just. Oh, God. This is some of the funkiest. This is some of the funkiest Minneapolis sound type bass that he's ever done. Ever. Like, the the, the little, um, just the, um, the the, the flat picks towards the end. Boom. All that kind of stuff. Oh, what is that? It's just, it's not, it's not technical, but it's just brilliant. He does it at the right times. The um the synth work is is awesome. Uh, the guitar work is brilliant. I thought like Brian May came into the studio <laughs> three quarters in the song. He's like doing it's a these great little, solo. He's doing these little killer queen esque type progressions, and it's it's really good. He doesn't he doesn't usually um, he doesn't usually play uh, sort of those those sequences. Um, so it's awesome. And I just got to finish off by saying that this was the biggest surprise on the album, partially because at first I thought, oh man, he's putting like He's putting on a B-side from the early 80s on it. And then, and then I really listened to it a second or third time and thought, wow, this song is genius. It's, it's, it's saying something, but he succeeds. He doesn't sound lame, so he's got that covered. And then oh, the drumming, the drum programming is just... And especially the end. I have to go back to the end. When he, hmm. he, is he, he's, he's obviously got some drums there, and, and, he's, and he's, he's overdubbed some... Maybe he hasn't even overdubbed them, I don't know, but he's, he's filled in some, like a dr- some drum fills. Now, some of them are obviously on a drum machine. Some of them sound like he's playing a kit. But whatever the case, it's brilliant. And the way it just goes... That's awesome. Like he does it finish and then comes back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is brilliant. He's just, he's just saying no one can touch this. And no more candy for you, player. Oh, 
man, this is, what else can I say? This is another standout track for me. He, he really captures or recaptures the controversy 1999-era rockabilly-style tracks like Ronnie Took to Russia or Jackie Wolf or Delirious. Um, it works for me because he doesn't hold back or is trying to copy someone else's styles. Um, it's ballsy. He's confident with it. He delivers the song with confidence. The lyrics are on point. Um, it's a bit like the PFU funk type message um, to put everyone back in their place. It's a 10 out of track, a 10 out of 10 track for me. Uh, it's a great way to end the album. He takes this song and he kicks your ass with it. The guitar rocks. The bass pops like nothing else. Yeah. And I'm so happy that the city ends this way, unlike the way Planet Earth finishes. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah, so a comparison. Mm. I just love the start of this song. He's just screaming his head off for like ten seconds. It's the ah! best start to the song. Yeah! <laughs> yes, I did too. Oh man, you guys have convinced me even more. So he's on fire. Prince is on acid here. Oh god, Toe Jam. What are your thoughts? What are your additions into this one? No, I pretty much agree. It's it's a pretty awesome song. It goes in a lot of different places. Um. The uh, the main, well, I guess you call it the melody. Um, that bit. <laughs> it's 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 almost sort of like some crazy Tim Burton sort of song. <laughs> so again, and I, I think I mentioned this a few times on a few other tracks. There there are some really interesting harmonies on this album. Um, that's one of my positives for the entire album. That he, he is using some different um, harmonies and scales, kind of thing. Uh, not that he hasn't used them before, but it's nice that he's kind of collected them all together on this album um i love the bridge uh, look out sugar and then it goes to that rocking guitar solo yeah, yeah. It's really cool <laughs> and there's also like a little surfs up bit um in between at the end of each um chorus almost like beach boys kind of stuff so it goes in a lot of different different places uh the screams as well the screams are awesome it like seriously this could have fit on controversy and you would never know the difference. It's, no. it's, um, it's just, yet, having said that, it doesn't sound dated. Uh, it just sounds like it's come from that place, wherever that place is, controversy, and it just, yeah, it could have fit easily. Man, this, this could, you know, I, I, could, I could see myself listening to Controversy with this song on it and, and rating it one of the best songs on Controversy. Oh, and yeah. That's how good it yep. is, yep. you know? Um, no More Candy For You and Dance For Me. And this is the thing. It, isn't it funny how both of these tracks, uh, specifically this one, harkens back to, to an era? But unless I've read everyone wrong, um, I kind of feel like this is... It's not, he's not just going through the motions and playing his old... You know, you know, kind of using his old mindset in composing the song. I think it, it really... It has the, a lot of those elements, but it's been updated by a lot. And I think... On headphones, the pro, the Pro Tools and the mixing and everything has got a lot to do with it. Yeah. But, yeah. There so, is so, one bung note. Um, you know, the bass line we're all talking about, that dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bung note on the piano. And I don't know if it's on purpose, but it sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I should have written it down where it, when it is, but, it, yeah, it's just a weird note. It's just it's just kind of like someone's plonked his finger on his piano for no reason. Just donk. <laughs> it's, I'm going to listen to that again. It's early. It's in the first probably minute and a half or so. Uh, okay. During that dun, 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 and it's when it changes to a different note. There, there's this one note that's just donk in there. I don't know. I don't know what's happening Look there. Look out for the donk. <laughs> <laughs> I like the start as well. It, 
the start of it is just like that. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like my head's going to explode. Where he's just talking. What's that song? Can't stop this feeling I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that. And then it starts off and he just screams his head off. It's great. What does he say? 99% of models. Oh, no. I have no I idea. I think let's do with the song anyway. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty weird now. Something about too spirit, much, spiritual too much decay. Oh, spiritual decay. And then... Tempo's already, uh, Tempo's already doing it up, you know what I mean? It's just fantastic. <laughs> you got it almost spot on there. It's brilliant, you know? I hear you doing those screams, and I just want to go back and put it on and listen to him. It's ridiculous. And the thing is, the, the, thing is, it, the screams sound amazing. Yeah. Like, what's he... Is, is he filtering them? He obviously is, but... but um, has been practicing. Yeah, that's maybe what it... <laughs> maybe that's what it is, but it's brilliant. And also, this, this song, when you analyse it as well, it's it's basically a straight, you know, rockabilly blues. Um, however, he's such a good arranger that there's so much stuff happening on that you could almost not even realise that. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see, I can kind of hear that as well. well. I can kind of see what you're saying because you don't think of it as a rock. Uh, I don't know. You don't you don't think of it as a traditional rockabilly song when you listen to it because it's got all these other elements so much happening yeah yeah and this, this this is the thing that that happened to me with Lotus Flower and it's actually happening to me more with Minneapolis Sound more much more actually these songs the song the nine songs on this record and specifically songs like Dance For Me Chocolate Box uh, Here by far and, and also this one um, have so many intricacies it's crazy. Like, I think mo- most other artists wouldn't be... Would, first of all, probably wouldn't be able to come up with th- that many. But second of all, to, to, to use them as compositional devices, even in the, in the additional stages of recording, you know, and adding all these bells and whistles, I just don't know how he does it. Like, I can't... You know, not, not being a, a, um, a professional music, musician or anything like that, but it's just... It sounds seamless, especially on a on a song like No Candy No More Candy for You, but but you know it's it's brilliant to listen to. We're too know. funky, you can't handle our crew. <laughs> That's just a good line. Sounds There's like he's back in the schoolyard. There's many good lines on this. Um, yeah. um you know, um what does he say about thanking the Lord and and all this? Ah, oh, it's just awesome. Just Oh about yeah. People accepting awards and it's accepting awards and thanking the Lord, yeah, mm. which is a weird one because I don't know. It's no, all but, haters yeah. on the internet, Thank there's all freaks in the magazines. Yeah, but the the thing about the lyrics is is like you know if you you could easily think that this track is pulled out of the vault from '82 and whacked on here, but it's the lyrics that make you realise it's not because mm. like the first line where he says. Um, Art imitates music was like it reminded me of um, that rant that he'd done in the year 2000 for the one song yeah. where he's talking about art and music and imitation and all that stuff and you and, and then you know people accepting awards and thanking the Lord and all this so I think all these references they're more of he, he sort of ramblings of recent and that what for me I know that it's a more recent track and not something pulled out of the vault yeah yeah, lines about haters on the internet would have confused a few people back in 1981, I guess, since neither of them existed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, those four scaling notes at the beginning of, of this, uh, and, and I guess essentially what makes up the chorus, are 
they're brilliant as well because I listen to them and I'm like, is it a conglomeration of the guitar and the keyboard? It's, it sounds like he's meld, he's molded those two sounds together. Like it's it's just not clear. It's not as if he's taken bass, drums, guitar, keys, and you can hear all those instruments individually and then how they combine to make a whole. And it's not only it doesn't doesn't really happen on this song. And I think I kind of hit the nail on on the head at least for myself. I find it very difficult listening to this album trying to distinguish its separate parts. Yeah, it does actually sound like it's a mix of both, like a keyboard and, and a guitar going. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but I think this is what, this, in my opinion, and, and let's go straight into a summary. Um, is is I think one of his better albums. Yep. You know, in the entire in his entire career and in in the Prince Canon, uh, other than Better with Time and Old School Company can be forgiven, but I really don't dig that track. But the other seven are just brilliant, brilliant pieces of work. And um, the the thing that I think intrigues me equally uh, equally as much as the songs themselves, meaning how they're composed, etc., is the way that they've been recorded and arranged. So he's got the composition right, but then the arrangement and really the production. They stand out. You couldn't put a lot of these songs on 1999. They would sound out of place because there's, I think there's more going on. Now I don't know if that's because that not everything was trans could be transferred on analog equipment, etc. But this just sounds brilliant. Uh, the nooks and crannies on this album, on almost every track, I just I've said this before. I'll say it again. They're filled with with jewels at on every corner in every potentially every second of every song um, and that's what makes this an amazing album to listen to in general and a like a complete mind-blowing experience if you listen to this album on a good pair of headphones and you actually put it up now a lot of people are afraid to do that just give your ears <laughs> if you're going to put any album up just like literally up do it with this one because you'll be surprised. I'm listening to this album, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm coming back to it thinking, I didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, how cool is that? And it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant work. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I'm flabbergasted. What do you guys all think? Final thoughts? Because this is a straight nine, nine and a half out of ten for me. Nine to nine and a half out of ten. So be interesting uh, how everyone else sums it up. Uh, it's it's, it's on, almost on equal footing with Lotus Flower for me. Uh, maybe Toe Jam, what do you think? Hmm, I can't say this is anywhere in my top five albums at all. Um, like, I really like the album. To me, I see this album in the same league as albums like One Night Alone, The Truth, Expectation, these kind of mini concept albums um, that do a good job for what they are. But it, I, don't, I don't hear the album as being uh, like Lotus Flower or um, Rainbow Children Gold Experience. I don't hear it as being anything more than Prince having a lot of fun and doing a very good job, mind you. But to me, it sounds like it's just Prince having a bit of fun and there are some really interesting things in the songs, but I, can't, I, don't, I just can't hear it as a cohesive, a really cohesive, amazing album. To me, it's a seven and a half album. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's... I can't say there's anything really wrong with the album, but I just... I don't know. I just can't hear it as a cohesive, cohesive um, you know, main important album. Um, and I think some of that has to do with the, the middle track list, You're Gonna See Me, Here, 
even better with time. Like, great songs on their own right, but it, it does kind of die in the middle. And, you know, when you're in the mood to listen to those songs, they're great songs. But when you're in the mood to listen to this album, in terms of what the album's trying to represent, it kind of fizzles off in, in those middle songs. There's a black hole in the middle of this album. <laughs> yeah, I'd say maybe a dark spot. Not a complete black hole, but a dark spot. <laughs> a grey spot. <laughs> gray, a grey patch. Grey matter. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I'm giving it 7.5 out of 10. Um, in the same league of albums, like like I said, Expectation, C-Note, um, you know, these mini concept albums that sort of have a theme and run through it. But it, it's certainly not... Um, it, it doesn't compare anywhere close to Lotus Player, in my opinion. I tell you what, after listening to you and probably what's going to come, I, I, I was really excited when I scored this album a second ago, wasn't I? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, now that I'm comparing... See, this is the thing. I was comparing it as a piece of work. If I compare it to Lotus Flower, automatically my rating scale falls down. So I'm going to go down from that 99.5 to, a, to, to an 8.5 because um, I think in comparison to Lotus Flower, it'll easily drop a point. So uh, I just wanted to update that for everyone listening. And Okay, but uh, anyway, that's just my, um, my, my uh, rescoring uh, that, that, I've, that I've, I'm finishing off with. Uh, player, give us your, your summary. Okay, for me, this isn't um, a complete 10 out of 10 CD for me, um, mainly due to one too many ballads that bring the midsection of this CD down, exactly what Tojem said. Amen. Um, <laughs> maybe if it was sequenced differently, I may have a different view. However, um, like Lotus Flower, it's a step in the right direction. I like the fact that he's going back to the 80s-style instrumentation and an 80s funk sound, but at the same time putting a futuristic slant on it. Um, some of these new keyboard presets that he's experimenting with are really cool. I hope he continues to use some of them in his um, upcoming records, along with other trademarks like uh, the Lindrum. I would also like Prince to explore this um, 80s electro sound more in his upcoming releases. Uh, lyrically, he's getting a bit more down and dirty and not holding back as much, which is good. Um, being called Minneapolis Sound, I would have liked to have seen some more direct references to that original type of music. And because he seems to be becoming a fan of rehashing of some of the past material, I would have liked to have seen some Minneapolis-sounding vault tracks make an appearance on this, like maybe Extra Lovable or Purple Music. Oh yeah, you're starting to get excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, purple music. I don't think I would have liked to have seen those on this album. I think maybe as a separate outtakes album, it would have been good. But I I wouldn't want to hear vault tracks on this because I like the way that he's kind of saying, "No, no, this is my interpretation of that sound back then." Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think if he if he pulled out those tracks from the vault, he would rework them to maybe make them more update. but yeah, I think they were going to put Extra Lovable on a potential Crystal Ball 2 or something. But anyway, um, those sort of unreleased gems that make an appearance on here would have really elevated my overall score of this CD. But um, there are enough standout tracks here to still deem it a worthwhile release, like um, Dance For Me and No More Candy For You. So I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Because I gave Lotus 9, so I'll give this 8.5. Yeah. What about Captain? Oh, let me think. This, uh, out of ten, I think I gave Lotus Flower 
eight and a half or a nine. I can't remember now. But I'm going to give this an eight. What? Wow, after you, you slammed been, it. <laughs> you slammed it the whole show. Uh, it's just the middle. The start and the end's fine. Four songs. You slammed like four songs and you're giving it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they, the, they, the good songs make up for it. <laughs> Dance for me and um, and No More Candy, they make up for all the crap on there. So maybe I'll get seven and a half. Yeah, that sounds better. But yeah, with this album, the thing that hit me when I was listening to all of these albums is, especially this one though, when we listen to Prince and he's making an out, al- he's making an album, and we're listening to what Prince thinks is a contemporary song and what he thinks is the the hip cool thing, and sometimes he's just so far off the mark, uh, it's just hilarious to me. <laughs> like the like, uh, what was that? Which track is it? Valentina, I think that's just horrible. <laughs> and 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 he's trying to do, you know, this is my cool hip song and to me it's just a joke. It's it's just funny that he thinks that, that that's what people are listening to. The way he interprets what he hears on the radio and then tries to do it himself in his own way. It's just, oh, yeah. some of them are just so ridiculous. He's so far off. Yeah, well that's the thing, it's hit and miss, you know, sometimes he can you know, nail pull it. something, yeah, yeah, nail it completely. Something that sort of takes what's happening at the time, yeah. and he and takes it to a, the next level. And other times, it can be, yeah, it does sound a bit silly. It's it's a, it's a rare thing these days when it, when it's a hit instead of a miss. So. But um, I think this album and maybe Lotus Flower a bit. They're similar to the Black album in the sense that the last few years, everyone's saying, you know, he hasn't still got it, and he, he's not funky like he used to be. Old, old scraggly head and I think there's enough good tracks on this album and the whole set to satisfy people who think he's lost it to make them think oh he's still not too bad but the problem is if he only made these tracks to prove that sure great we, we got the tracks to listen to and if he did them but the thing is if he did it for us and not for himself there might not be any more tracks like this since he's proved himself and now he's moved on that's the thing that's I hope doesn't happen though and do, you, do you think he will do it, though? Do you I reckon he'll change he it up? I think he will. I think he's he's done these type of songs. You know, I can still do a song like 1981, 1986. Okay, I've done it, and now I'm going to go and do this. Because he always changes direction. He never sits on the same crap for too long. I, I think like, he's just going to go. Yeah, unlike the last three albums. The three albums, which were just, meh, whatever they were. <laughs> but, um, but the other thing is... He's always been, the last, what, fair few years, he's always been about looking forward and not looking back. And yet MPLS Sound is looking back in the way the old Prince and the, the synths and the Lindrum and everything else, and he's, he's getting nostalgic. And you could just hope that he's going to pull out more songs like that stuff that he used to do. But and, really, he's been like that. that. Like, he's been, you know, he um, reused the Lin way back on... Undisputed and a few of those rave tracks. So he's been, and it's been sprinkled in a few of the albums mm. and, and songs throughout then. So it's yeah. not like he's completely just suddenly come back. It's yeah. kind of been in the making, and it's just he's decided now. Okay, I'm going to make an album with this sound again. He probably used some even on Emancipation. But see, rave was the big Prince comeback after the symbol name change. That yeah. was Prince returning singer and producer. That's why he brought the Lindrum back then. But I don't, has he used it since then? Yeah, no, it's he been, used it on... It's been then and now. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's used it on a few of the MPG Music Club tracks, like um, North. What is it, Northside? Uh, that's one track that comes oh, on. Yeah. Props and Pounds, I should say. Oh, uh, all that on, stuff, yeah, there's a bit in there. Yeah, he's used it on... Um, Musicology. Musicology, Black Sweat, those kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been sprinkled in there. It's just that now he's decided, okay, I better make an album with this sound again. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I'll give it seven and a half. Um, yeah, that's about it. Captain, seven and a half. MC, eight. Player, what was it? Eight and a half. Eight and a half, and Toe Jam sticking to a 7.5. So, I mean, we're still pretty pretty close, I think, in the realm. It's, it's um, you have to agree, it's a solid, solid release. But uh, does it compare to Lotus Flower? Well, I think... Um, it's a bit I unfair, think, really, to compare it to Lotus Flower. Yeah, it probably is, too. And, and it was, it, I believe it was created, uh, just like you said earlier, actually, um, you know, with a, with a complete... Um, a different mindset, you know. Lotus Flower is the the centerpiece. There's this whole concept and theme around it, and then there's also a concept and theme around this, M, you know, MPLS sound. And it's really about. I, I guess the other thing that I, I don't know if you guys have covered this off, but I was just thinking a little while ago. You know, this is what everyone's been asking for, really. When you when you think about it, and in the sense that what I mean is, you know, bring back that new, bring back that old sound. He's done that. He's he's brought back the old sound. But he's updated it. Yeah. He's he's recorded and played it as a one-man band, as a single project, nine tracks of it, more or less. <laughs> um, but he's he's done so with an eye on the future, I think, as much as an eye on the past. And I have to say one thing that, that I didn't mention earlier. I, I think that Prince has done things on this record that that aren't that not only aren't being done, but he might even be pioneering with, without us even knowing it and obviously in that case not even acknowledging it. Because I, I tell you what, I listen to this stuff and it's the arrangement and especially the production, most of the production side, the arrangement doesn't really make sense with where I'm going, but the production of this album um, differs without a doubt immensely from anything that he's ever done, I think. Yeah. It's got the it's got some old embellishments, but there's just it's everywhere on every track. Uh, he's gone on obviously to a new platform, but I think there's more to it than that. Okay, I've got a question for you guys. What if Lotus Flower never came out? Because let's face it, Lotus Flower is tracks scraped up from the last three or four years. This is more sort of a recent attempt. So imagine if you didn't bring out the Lotus Flower tracks and this was the next album after Planet Earth. Would you be totally satisfied? Mm, oh, yeah. No, I don't think I would be. I think I'd uh, be... I'd still like it for what it is, but I probably would be a little bit more disappointed. Um, after Planet Earth, I don't think you could be disappointed with this album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I think um, what would it, it would have been, you know, two years after Planet Earth, we get hmm. this serving of nine songs... A couple of which, like I think we've all had, we've all got different songs, but you know, there's at least two or three songs that each of us weren't really over fussed on. So that's really only six songs that we might. Yeah, I, I think I'd be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, after a two-year wait, you get about three songs you really like, and the rest of yeah, whatever. <laughs> but again, that's coming from the spoiled Prince fan, where you get you know twelve new tracks every year, kind of thing. Yeah. Also, I got, I got a theory with this one about this time last year. 
there was all this talk of an album coming out called Armana or something like this. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, supposed, that was the original incarnation of Lotus Flower. And then for whatever reason, that got held up. And I think in his spare time since then, that's when he's like, hey, I've got all this spare time. I might record another album kind of thing. That's that's the way I hear this album is that he has put it all together quite quickly. I reckon he, he, yeah. I never heard anything about it. Oh, there was yeah. some solid rumours about this time last year that the new album was going to be called Armana. It was all like some Egyptian theme. And I think that's what uh-huh. Lotus Flower was originally meant to be. Because he, he was sure. flogging off that um, Turn Me Loose song. That was about a year ago, and everyone was geared up for some, some release then. It never happened. Yeah, and they had the big Lotus Flower poster in the background. Mm. Or the big collage thing. Yeah, there was some sort of project. There must have been. But oh, um, There's yeah. probably a different one every day. He <laughs> changed his mind every day. What he's I, doing. Think, I think he was inspired this album with the um, London shows. Because he was based in the O2 Arena. He practically, I think, lived there. He set up his own tent there. I don't think he ventured out much, so what's he going to do all day? He would have written the... And you know that, that sample section in, the, in yeah. the middle in the middle where he's pulling out all the old the old classic samples? I think that's, that's what's inspired him for this album. He's pulled that's out all these things and gone, yeah, you know, I'm going to do something that's like that. You know, I'm really feeling this nasty girl or I'm really feeling, you know, she's always in my hair or something that's back from that and he's trying to... He you might know, have been surprised with the direction he got from the crowd when he did those sections. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, maybe during the nights he was doing the concert, during the days he was working on this, and, you know, it's come out. So. That's sample set. That was my pretty, that's pretty much my favourite part of those whole last shows. Really? It's when he got on the sampler and played around with all the old stuff, and everyone went absolutely ballistic oh, man, when, that was he, crap. when he did it. Yeah, I, was I, was, I thought it was a bit silly. Like, it would probably be cool if you were... You know, in your 40s and, you know, you were a Prince fan from way back in the day. But, I don't know, it's a pretty avid, hardcore follower. I, was, I thought it was a bit silly just playing samples and singing over them. Yeah. I would have been there screaming my head off. Well, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just close with one thing before I switch off, which is uh, I think the reason why I like Lotus Flower so much and to a slightly lesser degree MPLS sound probably comes down to the fact that he sounds very inspired and I might have mentioned this again uh, previously but he, he really sounds inspired in a lot of the vocal delivery and the playing and the presentation of the albums and all I'm waiting now for sound like a broken record but where is the tour? Yes. Where is the tour? Give us some candy. Give us some candy please. Hopefully it'll be starting in exactly Come over here. Come over here. Shoot the duck. 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 Shoot
Yeah. 